All right, church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Woohoo! I like it already. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. I'll tell you what. For those, oh my goodness, for those who are here on Wednesday night, uh, we had our worship. We have do a once a month worship and prayer on the first Wednesday of the month, and it's very casual. It's very, you know, just we're going to sing a few songs, we're going to just pray, we're going to worship the Lord and thank Him. Well, I don't know about you guys, but the presence of God that I had sensed and felt during that Wednesday night service was probably as powerful as I've ever felt it here at Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And my heart and my cry out to the Lord is, Lord, I want that every Sunday, I want that every Wednesday. I want that every day. Because it was like when we were in his presence, nothing else mattered. There wasn't a pain or an ache in my body. Because it just wasn't there. It did, you know, it just wasn't there. My shoulder was sore from softball, but it didn't matter. I didn't feel it. I didn't notice it. Because we were throwing around with Jairus in the backyard on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And it was just like the presence of God was so powerful. It was just nothing else mattered. So that's my heart for this morning, too, that we just enter into his presence, that his presence falls upon us, and that, guess what, guys, nothing else matters but him. So whatever you walked in with, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever care, concern, anxiety, pain, sniffle, whatever, doesn't matter because he is all that we need today. I know it matters. You understand what I'm saying. But God. In the Bible, it always says, but God. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, but God. So let's stand with me this morning. We're going to worship him. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We worship you this morning. We glorify your name, the name above all names. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 22, it says, and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Church, he is our rock. He is our fortress. He's our deliverer. The God of my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My Savior, you save me from violence. Verse 4 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Church, He is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Verse 32 says, And who is God except the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? And verse 47 says, The Lord lives. Church, come on. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Blessed be your rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Just begin to worship him already this morning. Father, we just worship you.
We're so grateful to be in your presence. We're so grateful for your anointing, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for the price you paid, for our sins. We thank you for defeating the grave so we can live with you for all of eternity. So, Lord, have your way in this place today. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in every situation in our lives. We glorify you and we praise you. And we worship you today, the Lord of all salvation. You are our rock, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship today. Worship team, if you can just keep playing behind me. As we were singing that song, I'm going to try to explain this, what I saw, but we have to understand how powerful the blood of Jesus is and the price that he paid for us. It was as if I could see each one of us in our own strength, with our own abilities, with our own failures, with our own sin. It was as if we were just from head to toe dressed in black. We were just completely dressed in black. And it was dark, our face was dark, our countenance was dark. And I pictured Jesus on the cross and his hands open and his feet bound to the cross and I saw one drop of blood come on each one of us and it was this crimson red blood and as you know if you've got kids when they mix paint colors together black and red usually make some terrible looking color It's like a brownish or I don't even know what it is. And I was like, that's the color I was almost expecting to see. But as the blood hit each one of us, and as it went down our body, all I saw was we were white as snow. We were clothed in white from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. And the Lord wants you to know today that that is how God the Father sees you. Today, now, for those who have accepted Jesus Christ, those who made Him Lord and Savior, no matter what you did this morning, no matter what happened last night, He says, I've paid the price. I've done it all. I see you white as snow. So we're going to come to the communion table this morning with that image in our mind, knowing that on our own we're just... (laughs) We're nothing, we're black, we're sinners, clothed in guilt and shame, but God, the cross, the blood of Jesus.
cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And we're going to celebrate that as we take communion this morning. Some instructions on communion if you're here for the first time. We ask that you come down these aisles that are right in front of the tables. So kind of these two groups come together. We make a line and then circle back to your chairs. Uh, We're going to take communion together. There's two cups. You just pick up one two-cup system and the crackers in the bottom and the gluten-free plate is in the middle if you need gluten-free. So come to the communion table, grab your elements, and then hold on to them and we're going to pray over them. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just sing with us, church. Come on, continue to worship Jesus for who He is. you, Lord. White as snow, Jesus, we thank You. Father, we thank You for loving us so much to send Your Son to live a sinless, perfect life to pay the price for my sins, for our sins, both past, present, and future. Lord, I pray that we would have a greater realization how the Father sees us. (laughs) White as snow. That Lord, yes, we would be moved by conviction to change and to do things that please You, but know that we please You because You see us white as snow. And Jesus, it's because of what You did for us. And we thank you for that. Just take a moment and reflect on what he's done for us. This is really the center of what we believe. For without him, there would be no eternal life with God. This communion is it's really the believer's celebration of the Lord's Supper, of His sacrifice on our behalf. So Lord, we thank You for that. We thank You. We praise You today. We praise You today. Thank You, Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. Stand with me. We've got another song we're going to worship the Lord together with. If you have, I would just encourage you. If that vision that God had given us this morning, that applies to you, if you see that, if you were struggling when you walked in here this morning, to accept and receive His forgiveness, God's forgiveness today. I just want you to worship Him today for it. Thank Him for it. The altar is open. You can come up here and kneel before Him and say, Lord, thank You for Your grace, for Your mercy, for Your goodness, for Your faithfulness in my life. So just come up forward if you feel led to, but we're going to continue to worship the Lord and thank Him for who He is. Guys, I know I don't normally have you guys repeat something back or to say something collectively, but this morning I just really feel that if you came in here today with whatever it was, a relationship, a job issue, finance issue, a stronghold in your life, a sin you've been challenged with and you're trying to break free from it, whatever it is, whatever circumstance that's just was on your heart that you've been dealing with and battling with, I feel like the Lord wants us to say and use His name over that situation. Because that song said, by His name we have overcome. Not because we did a little bit, we worked a little harder, we tried a little harder, we did a little more, I prayed a little longer. No, it says, by His name, we have overcome. And the Bible says there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in that name. So if you came here this morning with something that you just need Jesus to move in in your life, I just want you to put your hands up. Just put your hands up this morning. Say, that's me, Pastor Jason. That's me. I'm with you. I'm in this with you. My hands are raised. 
And I want us to say this one phrase. And I'll say it first. It says, goes like this. Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. So let's say that together. Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. Every situation, every circumstance. Jesus, we give it to you. Every relationship, every stronghold. Jesus, we give you everything. Jesus, we give you everyone. Whatever that situation or circumstance is, I want you to picture it. And I just want you to start whispering the name of Jesus. 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 There is power in that name to move, to change circumstances, to set up divine connections, relationships. Jesus. Jesus. And as you see that circumstance, as you see and speak the name of Jesus over that situation, just begin to worship Him and thank Him for moving and working. Even when we don't see it yet, even though we don't feel it yet, just begin to worship Him and thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Jesus, Jesus, Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, when we call out your name, you move mountains. You move things, circumstances, strongholds. They change because of your name. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. It is by your name that we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for it. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you today. We give you glory today. We honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Amen. Amen, amen. As we were just saying the word Jesus, as I just, I could just sense and feel a movement in your circumstance. It's like up here I could hear it, I could see it, I could feel it. And as we were speaking the name of Jesus, I have faith, guys, in the name of Jesus to do 
what he says he will do. And it's just so exciting to see. I can't wait to hear testimonies. Because sometimes we leave here and we forget, like, oh, well, yeah, that was a great church service or whatever. But when we speak Jesus into our circumstance, we give him everything and everyone. You have to give it. you got to release it. I give you everything and everyone. And when we release something, our hands have to be open. And all I know how to do when my hands are open is to lift them up and praise him. And we receive that peace, that rest, that joy, no matter the situation, no matter if we've seen it change yet or not, he then delivers the, everything that we need when we give him everything and everyone. Amen? Amen. Man, God is so good. He is so faithful. Well, my beautiful wife, Pastor Liz, isn't here to do our closing. Uh, so I just want to just give a couple instructions here before we move into the time of uh, listening to the message that God has for us. So a couple of things, we call this our greeting time. It's about five to seven minutes long. Uh, you're welcome to get up, walk around, say hello to a few people. Uh, the offering buckets will be up here. If you want to joyfully bring your offering up, there's also a box in the back. Uh, also, on the front or in the back seat in front of you is something called the connection card. And on that connection card, we just encourage you to fill that out. For your first time here, just fill in your name, maybe your email address, so we can just reach out and say hello and welcome you here. Uh, you won't go on any spam mail or anything like that. We just want to say hello. And if you have any praise reports or prayer requests, we ask that you put them on that connection card. And then also you can put those in the offering buckets that are up here. We've got a faithful team and the staff. We pray uh, over those prayer requests uh, each week. So a couple things for kids. Kid Corner is open for those who uh, have kids 7 and up. Uh, they have stuff for them to keep them busy during the sermon. ECF Littles is open, ages 4 through 6. And, of course, the nursery and is staffed and open as well, as well as the family room. So I think I got everything on the list. Did I miss anything? Okay, if I miss something that's on the screen behind me, there'll be a countdown so you know when we get back together. All right, let's have some time of fellowship together. All right, all right, all right. I love seeing everybody chat and talk, and it's a very good thing. So today I have a few announcements, just a few. Um, how many of you know that we have our life groups? We have life groups. Anybody know that? Raise your hand if you know. You know that? Okay, good. So uh, one's coming up for this week. This Saturday is Women to Women. It's at 8 a.m. in the Rose Center. And be there or be square. <laughs> it is for women, all women. Any, if you're a woman, you are welcome to go. Um, and Joanna and Maureen, raise your hands. Okay, these are the two that lead women to women. And we love them. They are amazing. And you will too. So please check that out this, uh, this Saturday coming up. And then on this Tuesday, we have our Young Adult Life Group. It is for those 18 to 28. It's at 6 p.m. here uh, in the family room. So the family room is right out in the foyer. Um, so if you are 18 to 28, please check that out. Sydney, our worship leader, who is actually in the sound booth back there, raise your hand. She is the one that leads that, and she is amazing as well. 
And so, um, yeah, if you're not connected in some way, uh, this is a great chance to um, get connected to our church better and to meet new people and build friendships and relationships that you're going to need in this life because life with friends is better. Amen? Yes. Last announcement is we are in need of volunteers to help in our audiovisual department. So the person that puts this screen or the slide on the screen, we need people to help with that. The person we are looking for people that can run our computer to put the lyrics on the screen. When we sing, how many of you love having the lyrics on the screen? Yes, they are helpful. So we are in need of that, and we are in need of people to run the sound booth, uh, to run the audio. And how many appreciate that as well? And lighting. We need, we need it at all areas, okay? You do not have to be a, a super skilled in any of these areas. If you can um, come and be on time and simply learn something new and uh, apply your mind to it and listen and learn, it's very easy. It's not complicated stuff to move a mouse and click some different slides and things like that. You don't have to have a degree of any sort. Uh, and that goes for, uh, for running the sound as well. Um, as long as you can uh, press some buttons and work a little, like, iPad, um, you'll be in good shape. And when we do things, you know, we're not just going to throw you to the wolves. We train you. We do it with you. We show you how to do it. We do it with you. And once you feel comfortable then we'll have you running it. But if you are interested in doing that, please uh, see Sydney, myself, Pastor Jason. You can take a connection card and simply write on the connection card, I am interested in helping, and just put your name and phone number, and we'll give you a call and get you plugged in. All right? Great. All right, church. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. We're going to pray over our tithes uh, and our offerings. Uh, I do want to make sure you guys, when I do pray, I want to lift up uh, Maggie, our little Maggie. Uh, Pastor Liz isn't here this morning. She's with Maggie at home. She was not feeling that well. So we just want to lift her up in prayer. And I also want to lift up in prayer the uh, local elections that are coming up on May 16th. Uh, so I think that's not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. Uh, so the following Tuesday. And then again, I just want to say that prayer service we had on Wednesday night was just phenomenal. Uh, it was just so, God's presence was so rich and he was doing work and he was just making things happen. He was changing people's lives. He was changing my life. And interestingly enough, there were no words involved. I should say that again. Maybe I should sit down. There were no words involved. And it was just like God's presence. He was just there. It was so powerful, so strong. You could feel it. Uh, Kara shaking her head. I know she was just, there was so much. You could just sense the power of God so strong. The worship team was just playing. They weren't, at some point, they weren't singing any songs. There was no words. I wasn't saying anything. No one was saying anything. And the Lord just reminded me. He just said, hey, I am who I am. And we were just in his presence. And man, I love it. I just, more of that. Amen? Less of us. More of him and less of us. How about that for a prayer? Okay, so I just, for an offering, I have Proverbs 28, 27. It says, he who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. I, mean, I think I may have given them the wrong scripture. My apologies. But it says this, 
Proverbs 28, 27, you don't have to put it up, that's okay, but it says this, he who gives to the poor will not lack, he who hides his eyes will have many curses. And to me, that just says, do you guys know that day in and day out, there is need all around you? You know, we think about we come to church and we give our tithes and our offerings and we're excited about seeing the, the debt chart come down and God's doing things and paying. That's all exciting. But he also is reminding us there are people in need, your neighbor, your coworker. There are people, and a lot of times we have to ask the Lord for the discernment as to who they are. And sometimes just go ahead and bless them out of nowhere. Because a lot of times people don't come up. They don't like, you don't, somebody doesn't walk into work and be like, oh my goodness, guys, I am in need of $500 today. Like, that's not the place where I don't, the place where I work, nobody comes in and says that. And so, but the Lord can give you discernment and say, hey, give you a nudge. Why don't you tell that person that God loves them and give them a $100 bill? Whatever. Whatever. However the Lord leads. And it's amazing that it's like he who gives to the poor will not lack, he who hides his eyes, not just what we physically see, but to just not even be on our radar screen, almost our spiritual eyes, our discerning eyes. And sometimes we just shut it off. And we just kind of go walking about our day, not thinking that God is moving and working all around us all the time. And there's always need there. And as we've always said, we just want to be a distribution center. That's what we want to be as a church, as an Ackerman family. We're just a distribution center. When I go be with Jesus, whenever that is, I'm not taking anything with me. Nothing. There's nothing I'm taking with me physically, monetarily in this world. So I just want to be a good steward of it. And I want to give to those who are in need around me. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. We just lift up uh, anyone who has any type of illness or sickness. Father, we just speak the name of Jesus over them this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your healing touch and your healing power to move in our physical beings and bring life to our mortal bodies. Father, we lift up Maggie to you and everyone else, Father God, who just needs a touch of Jesus, of life, of life, of life, and their mortal physical bodies, Father, we speak Jesus over them this morning. And even as we're praying now, Father, that you are just penetrating their body, moving and working on their behalf for physical healing. Father, we lift up the local elections that are coming up, Lord. We just pray that you would lead us and guys in discernment on who to vote for, Lord, and that, Lord, that your will will be done as it always is. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are moving and showing us and giving us the discernment of those around us who are in need. And Lord, help us to meet those needs. Help us to be just a distribution center, Lord, of all the resources that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that you are paying the debt off at this church. In the name of Jesus, we are seeing that debt fall and crumble just like the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. So is the debt, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you're moving and working and doing that on our behalf. And so, Lord, I just lift up this message to you that you have for us today, that we would understand, Father God, that you are a merciful God. Mm. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series called The Attributes of God. I believe this is week six or seven. I don't remember which week. I think we're in week seven of it. And we're going to continue to do it. In fact, we were at a, uh, a leadership staff meeting on Wednesday morning, and we were praying uh, just about, you know, the church, about people, about prayer requests, about the future. And I think I made mention after prayer, I was just like, hey, you know, we're not going to be here the last weekend in May, and Pastor Andy's going to give the message. 
And I'm not going to tell you what it is because you have to come and hear it. Maybe we should tell him next week. I don't know, whatever. But anyway, and he just, out of nowhere, he got up. He says, well, I want to do this, that God is this. And I was like, ooh, that's so good. That wasn't even on my list. Like, that wasn't even on my list of 15. Like, it's, so it's like we have to understand that God is so big and so amazing, so precious and so good to us that he has so many facets and attributes that we could probably spend years studying who God is. Now, we won't do that, I don't think. <laughs> we will do that. But we'll do it as long as God says to do it. But it's interesting, like, even in our finite minds, like, here's what I thought the attributes of God were. Pastor Andy was like, here's one. And we're going to just continue to learn about those attributes and who he is. Because I've said this before, what I want for us is to have a, a, a new filter of who God is so that when circumstances come and situations come at us in lives, because guess how much, how many of us know that they do? <laughs> I've had situations and circumstances this week that I had to remind myself that God is good and God is faithful. Like I had to go back and remind myself. He was like, hey, Jason, remember the preaching you did the past couple weeks? How about stand on that? And of course, today I'm doing God is merciful. And oh, did I have plenty of chances this week to show mercy to my family members, all of them, including ones that aren't here. <laughs> so it's like that's real, and God was just like, you're preaching on showing and how God shows us mercy. How about you show a little mercy in this situation? I'm like, oh, come on. I don't want to. I want to hold them accountable. I want to hold them to the line. I want there to be consequences for every situation and circumstance. What if God treated us that way? What if we had the consequence due to us for every time we messed up? Oh, my goodness. I don't think any of us would be here. Really. I don't think any of us would be here. <laughs> really. The price that we would have to pay, if, if God was not merciful, I'm getting ahead of myself, getting into the message. If God was not merciful, we would not be here. If we got what we deserved for everything that we did wrong, oh my gosh. But God, praise God that we serve and we have a merciful God. Okay, get ahead of myself. An attribute. What is an attribute? It's a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. And we're looking at these attributes because I want us to understand this is, this is who God is. This is truth. This is in here. This is not like I made this up. This isn't like a fancy sermon series. This is Bible 101. This is who God is. And you can see these attributes from the very beginning of the book to the very end of the book. Whether it's in the Old Testament, the New Testament... And what God says is going to come and how the end will happen. What he's going to do at the end. All of that we can see these attributes of God. So this new filter we have. And I also like to maybe use this analogy. Sometimes you ever say, I can't see the forest through the trees. Has anybody ever heard that, that phrase? And what that basically means, that I can't see the forest through the trees, is that you've got all this stuff in front of you. All this stuff happening. And you can't figure out what to do, where to navigate because you're just, there's trees everywhere. And what I really, my heart for this series is that it kind of lifts us out of the current circumstance, out of the current day-to-day, -day, and raises us up a little bit to see kind of how God sees things, 
how he deals with things so that we can then see the forest and we're not stuck right in front of the tree that's right, right ahead of us. Because how many of you in life have run into that same tree over and over and over again, right? And it's because we're missing something and God wants to show us something. And so, like, my forehead is tired of banging into that tree. How many of you are with me? Yeah? It's like, I am so tired of running into that same tree. And it's like, I'm running full speed into it sometimes, right? You're just running, you're like, bam, and you hit that tree. Come on! So this series is to lift us to show how God is and how he operates and what he does so we can stop running into that tree over and over and say, you know what? That's not God. I can do something different in this situation because of who God is and what he's done for me. Attribute one we've talked about is God is infinite. He's self-existing without origin. Amen. It's just, I mean, we could, you could wrap your, try to wrap your head around that. You, you can't, honestly. It's like physically in our minds. I mean, maybe if you're some intellectual scholar, you could get there after like 30 years of study. But to really figure that out, it's just almost too much for us to handle. But here's what you have to understand, that he's always been here. His timeline is not our timeline. And then attribute two leads into that is God is immutable. He never changes. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God was faithful last week during our church service, guess what? God is faithful today. And we don't have to worry about tomorrow because God is there. Because he's, he he's spans time. So you're like, well, how is God already in tomorrow? Because he he's not like you and I. He's not, you know, finite in our existence, and we see a clock, and we see time. Like, you know, yesterday we were at our soft, first softball practice for our church softball league, and I was yelling at Pastor Andy, what time is it? What time is it? Right? We're so focused on time. Like, I had to be somewhere by a certain time, but God's already in tomorrow, and he's just waiting for us to get there, and he'll be faithful there, too. We don't have to worry about tomorrow, because the Bible says today has enough challenges of its own, does it not? There's challenges. Every day, you know how many challenges I had this morning getting to church? Oh. Woe is me. Here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. And none of these are even all that bad. But Liz pointed out to me, she says, you know, the calling that I have on my life is to preach. And so the enemy will orchestrate circumstances and situations in our lives to stop us from doing what God has called us to go do. I mean, I'm talking about silly things. Like, so I woke up this morning, and we had some people come over and pressure wash our house yesterday. They did a phenomenal job. I was, so, I was dancing when I went to bed on how good my house looks. Like, mm, it's so white, looks so good, this is fantastic. And I walk out back, and they left the patio furniture in the mulch. And they sprayed the patio, and all the dirt from the patio hit all of my patio furniture that's in the mulch. And I walk outside going... I don't want to put that back on my nicely clean patio. Now I got to go clean all this up. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, I'm not going to do it now. And then, of course, I'm like, well, maybe I have a few minutes. Maybe I can start spraying stuff now. So I go over to the hose, which I haven't used all year. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hook up this hose. It's going to be phenomenal. It's a brand new hose. I hook it up. I turn it on. Water is going everywhere. It's a new gasket. It's a new hose. Why is it leaking? I can't find the tool to tighten it. It's upstairs somewhere. So I run upstairs. I come down. In the meantime, Maggie's outside. You know, she's coughing. She's not here. But she's riding her scooter, and she scrapes her leg up 
against one of the, one of the, uh, the chairs that we have, rips her leg open. Oh, she's crying. I'm trying to fix the water. She writes me a sign as she's crying, Daddy, don't be mad. Like, guys, it's like 7.05 in the morning at this point in time. So I'm like, Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. So I'm going to go on my prayer walk because that's going to fix everything. So I go on my prayer walk. There are 10 crows that decide they are going to crow as loud as humanly possible everywhere I go on this walk. It was literally like they were following me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this some kind of joke? Like, where did you come from? And I would, like, move, like, you know, a block and a half down, and here they are again. I'm, like, in the name of Jesus, and trying to get these crows to leave. Like, I have authority in the name of Jesus over all the animals. You need to go in Jesus' name. I'm, like, cursing these crows. Oh, my gosh. This is, all, this is now 725. Right? It's so it's like we have these situations and these circumstances and we just get so fired up about everything that's going on in our lives and we have to realize and recognize God is with us. He is in this circumstance. He's in this situation. I trust him. I came back home. I was telling Liz of all my woes, all my challenges. There was like two or three more. I can't even remember what they were. But she was like, just take a breath. Trust Jesus. Jesus, I give you everything to everyone. And honestly, I've really felt. Like she's like, you have complete, your countenance has completely changed. I sat down. I had this little orange chair. I sat down. Had a cup of coffee. I literally, everything changed. But I had to choose. I had to choose to give him everything and everyone. I had to choose to believe that God is faithful. He is good. He is merciful. He is all these things. And that he is with me. And I cannot allow the circumstances to dictate how my reaction is or what's going on in my life. Hard to do, but we can do it. Attribute three was God is love. Praise God. He is love. God is love. Three little words that has changed my life forever. I know have changed many of your lives forever. God is love. Attribute four, God is good. He is good, he is good. He's infinitely, unchangeably kind and full of goodwill. We can trust that he is working all things together for our good. We can trust that. Attribute five was God is wise. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. And then last week we looked at attribute six, which is God is faithful. He is infinitely and unchangingly true. And we had this picture that the Lord gave us of like, you know, the rainbow going over our circumstance and our situation. God just reminding us that your circumstance and your situation sits under him and he is faithful. He is faithful. So attribute seven, what I want to look at this morning is God is merciful. Oh, (laughs) like we said already, if we paid the price for everything that we did wrong, we would be in a whole lot of trouble. Most of us would probably, you know, either be dead, in jail, in a ditch somewhere, or in a whole lot of trouble. I'm serious. If I, if I had every consequence in my life of how I acted and operated in college, I would not be here. 
just wouldn't be here. But God is merciful. He is infinitely, unchangingly compassionate and kind. He is compassionate and kind. And I'm going to look at a couple verses here this morning. The definition of this mercy is this. Mercy is the compassionate treatment of those in distress. How many of us have been in distress in our life? Especially when it's within one's power to punish or harm them. And we're like, ooh, what does that mean? And you think about it, think about it like uh, when a judge provides mercy or clemency or reduces a sentence. You're speeding and you get your sentence reduced. That was, that you were shown mercy. And how that makes us feel when we're shown mercy is like, oh, okay. I didn't have to pay the full price of what happened or what I'd done in my life. And this is how God treats us. He treats us with such mercy. The Bible says that his mercies, plural, I believe this is in Lamentations 3, I don't have it up there, but says that his mercies, plural, are new every day. Whoa. You mean that the mercy I used yesterday because of a circumstance, a situation, a challenge in my life, like that was yesterday, but now today is a new day, and today God's mercies, plural, have followed me into today, and they're new for today, which is great, because today's a new day, and today I face new challenges, and today I have new issues and new things that I'm working on and tackling and working through, but his mercies are new for this day. Not just for yesterday, not, well, you know, God will show me mercy someday in the future. He shows us mercy every single day. This word mercy, it derives from a Latin word that actually means a price paid. Interesting. That a price was paid. Jesus paid that price for us. It has this connotation, this word mercy, of forgiveness, of benevolence, of kindness. It's like, a, it's like a judge showing mercy and leniency in a sentence. God shows us his mercy for those who are suffering, who are in need of him, who need healing, comfort, alleviated from whatever issue that it is in life. He acts from compassion, but he acts with mercy. Church, God is merciful. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Romans 9, Romans 9, 14. It says, what shall we say then? Is there unforgiveness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. Praise God that we are part of his family and that he has mercy on us. It says, and I will have compassion on whomever I have compassion. So then it's not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. It is he who shows mercy. You say, well, Pastor Jason, are you just giving me a license to, you know, do whatever I want? Oh, contraire, my friend. Contraire, contraire, quite the opposite. It's because of his mercy that he spared me from a situation that I should have had some type of punishment for. It's because of that that I see that, that my heart says, I want to live and act and do as God has commanded me to go do. It's his mercy that draws us to him. It's his goodness that draws us to repentance. 
It's his mercy. It's not, this isn't a blank check to just go sin and do whatever the heck we want to go do because he'll show mercy to us. Look, there are consequences to sin in this life. How many of you know that's true? There are consequences to our sin, yet God is merciful. And we cannot separate God is just, and maybe we'll do that on one of, one of these weeks. We cannot separate that God is just from God is mercy. They're, all of these things work together. So God is just. He does show justice. There is, and he has this set up in the Bible, and he works through this, this redemption of all of mankind, but he also then shows us mercy. And he doesn't hold us to the line for everything we've ever done. Because I would have been arrested a whole lot of times. I probably wouldn't have my license anymore. Because how many of you drove over the speed limit coming here? Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't. Because I wasn't driving. <laughs> Lila, our 16-year-old, she's learning to drive. And she definitely did not <laughs> drive over the speed limit. I'm like, she's not in here so I can say this. I'm like, girl, hit the gas. Like, there's traffic behind us. Like, come on, girl. Hit the gas pedal. Like, we're going up a hill. It's like 15 miles an hour. I'm like, gas. Like, I got to get to church before 10 a.m. We got 30 minutes. We only live 10 minutes away. I hope we can make it. You know what I mean? Like, let's go, girl. Right? So, but every us, we, there's something we do that, you know, we break some law or we say, well, just a little white lie or this or that. But God is so merciful and gracious to us. And so kind and compassionate to us that it can't help us but to want to live and to follow the commands and the, the things that he asks us to be obedient with. His mercies are new every day. Praise God. Church, praise God. His mercy for me this morning and all my challenges was new for today. Psalm 145 says this. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and great in mercy. Psalm 145, look at that. The Lord is gracious. I must not have sent the right email to those guys. My, my apologies. The, what's that? It's, oh, there it is. Okay. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is full of it. He's full of it. Everybody say, man, you are full of it. You ever talk to somebody like that? Come on, you are full of it. Well, if you ever say that to God, what is he full of? He is full of compassion. He's full of it. And he's slow to anger. Church, can we be parents? Parents, come on now. Can we be slow to anger? I was getting angry so fast this morning that my five-year-old had to write it down on a sheet of paper. Dad, don't get mad. This is, she wrote it. I, I wish I, I should have brought it. Legit. She wrote it on a piece of paper. Dad, don't get mad. Because she sensed the water's leaking. The crows are crowing. This is ridiculous, right? Like I'm about to... And our children, sometimes when they do stuff... Or they interrupt for the thousandth time in the past two minutes. You're like, right? You're like, oh my gosh. But look what the Lord is. He's not like us. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord, you are not like me. Thank you, Lord, you are not like me. Period. End of sentence. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in his mercy. 
He loves us so much. He cares. These are all intertwined. He loves us so much. He cares for us so much. He is so good and he is so faithful that he shows us mercy on a daily basis. Every day. Ephesians 2 says this, but God who is rich in mercy, not only is he full of it, he's rich in it too. He's rich in his mercy because of what? His great love in which he loved us. These are all interconnected. That when we were dead in trespasses, just like that, that vision that the Lord had shown me, we're, you know, we're dressed in black. We were dead in those trespasses. Our sentence was eternal separation from God. But he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. His mercy, his compassion on us. Matthew 17, I believe this is the last scripture we have on this. Matthew 17, 14 says this. And we've looked at Jesus, on all these, we try to look at Jesus' life and we say, Lord, how did Jesus show this trait or this characteristic? Because if he was fully God, fully man, we should see this characteristic in Jesus' life as well. It says, and then they had come to the multitude and a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic and he suffers severely, often falls into the fire and often into the water. And what was Jesus' response? He healed the boy. Mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion. You know, it reminds me uh, of the story of Jonah. How many of you know the story of Jonah? Jonah was the prophet in the Old Testament that God had told him to go to Nineveh and to speak a word of repentance to the Ninevites. And actually, there's a ve- if you want to get the whole story, there's a great Veggie Tale movie. Fantastic. We were just listening to this in the car recently. We've got a little DVD player, and Jonah, the VeggieTale Jonah, was playing over and over. And there's these, these fun, compassion and mercy. I won't sing it. But there's all these fun songs like, Dad, here comes your favorite song. Here comes your favorite song. Ooh, and I love the soundtrack to the VeggieTales things. But anyway, it's just a tomato and like an asparagus. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but it's good. Okay, so it's the story of Jonah, and he's visited by God to go warn the Ninevites. And he's just like, what? I ain't going to do that. Those people are too far gone. Church, I was too far gone. We all were too far gone. If it wasn't for his mercy on us, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning. I wouldn't be standing up here this morning, but because of his mercy. And so Jonah disobeyed. He's trying to go to the opposite direction. He's going to Tarsus, wherever he's headed. He's trying to get as far away from Nineveh as he can. The storm comes. They draw the lots. They toss Jonah off the boat. The storm stops. The big fish gets him. You guys know the story, right? Okay. The big fish gets him. He's in the belly of the big fish or the whale for three days. And then the whale spits him out. And he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to Nineveh. (laughs) You know, because all that just happened. Right? But God showed mercy on Jonah. Didn't that just happen? Like, he showed mercy on, and it's, yes, it's a foreshadowing of God and, and Jesus and the time of the God, all this stuff. And, so, and I love how the Bible works, but this is a story that shows God's mercy on Jonah. Like, if, I mean, I feel like there should be digestive juices or something going on that probably would have had some effect on him. But God showed mercy to Jonah in the belly of the whale. 
And then he spits him out. He says, hey, I'm giving you another chance. Come on. Let's go to Nineveh and speak this word that you have. And then he gives this word to the Ninevites. And he tells them. And then he just goes up to the, on the side. He's just he's waiting for something terrible to happen to the Ninevites, right? He's just like, ooh, I can't wait to see the fire come down and burn this whole city up. This is Jonah, who just received mercy from God. And he's like, no mercy. No mercy for these people. Come on. Let's see it happen. Right? That's the flesh. Jonah's like us. Come on, right? Jonah's like us. Let's not think we're any better than Jonah, right? We want to see mercy happen. Ooh, that person's speeding. They're going like 100 miles an hour. Ooh, I hope there's a cop up there to get him. Right? Because you're like legit. You know, it feels dangerous, you know. What if there's someone in the road, old lady trying to cross? Like, this seems dangerous. Maybe someone's got to catch him, right? So we're all about judgment, and God is about Jonah, but he's also about mercy. And so Jonah's like waiting for this terrible fire to come down and burn him up, and nothing happens. And God speaks to him. He's like, hey, look, here's what he says here in uh, Jonah 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. <laughs> he's like not a little upset that there wasn't some kind of judgment. He was so upset. This is us sometimes, right? He became angry. And so he prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, and I know. He says, I know you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. And then the next verse I love. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. And you think about this revelation that Jonah has on God's mercy. It's like so heavy and so big. Look at the words. You are so gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and you relent from doing harm. This is the God that we serve. So merciful. So merciful. And then the story of Jonah like ends there. It's like, it's over. What happened to Jonah? I don't know. I'm sure I could do some scholarly reading and find out what actually happened to Jonah. It doesn't really tell you what happened to Jonah. Other than God God didn't take his life right then and there, but he had this understanding and realization that God showed him mercy, and then he saw it on a grand scale. Do you know that God works on a grand scale? And he shows, God, he's showing mercy to this country. Don't let me get started. If, If this country got what it deserved... We wouldn't be sitting in this in freedom right now in this auditorium. But God is merciful. He is loving and he is caring and he loves us. And we, he wants us to pray. Gracie, if you want to come up here. So how do we know that God still has mercy for us? Because I'm a witness of it. You're a witness of it. Your testimony is that the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has fallen short. And the Bible says, but the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is so merciful, he gives us a way to the Father. He gives us a way for eternal life. A way of mercy for all of us. His name was Jesus. Mercy and grace, they work hand in hand. 
And I wrote this down. I'm gonna say, I'll say it slow. I don't have it up. Maybe I'll put it up next week. If mercy is not getting what we do deserve, which is eternal damnation for our sin, then grace is getting what we don't deserve, which is eternal life. And it's like this God's mercy on one side says, I love you so much that I've sent someone to pay the price for you. And we have all the stuff that what should have happened to us, he is merciful over. Yet not only that, on the other side, he then gives grace, favor, and anointing, even though we're sinners, even though we're on this other side. Not only does he spare us this way, he propels us this way. You understand that? This grace and mercy. Actually, I was pointing this way. This was mercy. Mercy and grace working hand in hand. Not only are you not just sentenced to eternal damnation, but then he comes inside you and lives inside you and gives you an anointing and a grace and a favor to live in blessing of today. That's the God we serve. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. We can say that in this case. It's not using the Lord's name in vain. It's saying, oh my God, you are so big, so amazing. So this morning, I've got three things for us to do in response to God's mercy. The first one is to cry out for his mercy. Church, his mercies are new every day. We have to cry out for his mercy, just like David did, just like we've seen many people in the Bible do. Psalm 51 says this. It's David saying, I have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. They're not just new every day, they're tender. Blot out my transgressions, wash me through thoroughly, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Lord, this morning we acknowledge our transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Lord, have mercy on me Lord, have mercy on us as your church, as your bride. Lord, have mercy on us. Second thing we need to do is to thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his mercy. I feel like every one of these traits and characteristics or attributes that we do, somewhere in there we're thanking him that he is that way. Because it's our natural response to understanding who he is that we respond in such a way that we can do nothing but worship him. When we realize it's not us, it's not our own strength, it's not our own power, it's not our own ability, it's him. And only him. And so we want to thank him for his mercy. Even now, church, begin to thank Him for His mercy. Lord, we just thank You, Lord. We thank You. We thank You for Your mercy.
that we don't get what we deserve because of who you are, because of Jesus, because you sent your Son. Father, we thank you for your mercy. It says in Psalm 63, because your loving kindness or your mercy is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Let's just take a moment and thank him for his mercy today. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy to us. Lord, thank you for showing mercy in our life, situation after circumstance after situation and circumstance. We thank you for your mercy. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The last thing we have to do well, it's probably more, but I only got three. Is to extend mercy to others. Oof. That's right. Because he is so good, because he is merciful, because he has shown us mercy, we too then have to extend mercy to others. There's a story in the Bible, we're not going to turn there, but there was a guy who owed someone money who was in power, and that guy had mercy on him and forgave his debt. And he turned around, he went out, and he found someone who owed him money, and he wouldn't relent. And he wanted that person to go into prison and to be punished for not paying his debt. Yet he just was forgiven his debt. So every one of us has relationships with others, Spouses specifically, the Lord is calling us to show mercy in our relationships. To extend mercy even when we don't want to. There was a situation this week, I won't name with who, because she's not here, (laughs) that we both had to extend mercy to each other. If she would have held me to the line for my actions, and I would have in turn held her to the line and her actions said, it's because you did this, and if that, if you would stop doing this, and you just begin to hold, you know how you guys get into that cycle, right? It's like the crazy cycle we call it. You just start swirling around. Someone has to show mercy. Someone has to say, you know what? God was merciful to me. And I'm going to extend mercy in this circumstance. Maybe to a boss. Maybe to your child. Again, loving your child doesn't mean you let them get away with everything all the time. That's not love. That's another message we had before. But there are times where we are able and need to. And the Lord wants us to show mercy even to our children in a situation. So why do we show mercy? Because God was merciful to you. Why do we show it? Because God commands us to do it. Why do we show mercy? Because you're going to need some more mercy. Probably this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, sometime this week. Undoubtedly, you'll need some mercy. 
And the last reason why we should extend mercy to others is because it produces happiness. You understand that? What a wonderful principle. When Liz and I broke the crazy cycle and we began to show mercy towards each other, our countenance changed. The circumstance changed. It was like our eyes cleared up. And we were, it was like we were able to find happiness with each other, even though we had both made a mistake. But someone's got to break that cycle, and I'm encouraging that to be us this morning. Extend mercy to others. So just bow your heads with me this morning. Oh, Father. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we ask for your mercy in our situations and our circumstances. Thank you, Lord, that you are compassionate and kind and gracious towards us. Father, that all week, this week and this month, we would remember just to worship you for who you are. To thank you for your mercy, to thank you for your goodness, to thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, that you would strengthen us and show us how to extend mercy to others. To break the cycle of holding everyone and everything to the line all the time. Because there's happiness on the other side where we can show mercy to others. And Father, I'd also, just as I'm praying, Lord, that we would show mercy to ourselves. Just had the sense we were praying that there are people here that have no problem extending mercy to others, but have zero ability to extend mercy to themselves. And they beat themselves up and they try to hold themselves accountable. The Lord would say to you this morning that you are just flesh and blood. You are not perfect, nor will you be perfect, so don't expect to be perfect. But receive my mercy, receive my grace, receive my love, and let me be the one who changes you. We thank you for it. In your precious name, we pray. Amen? Amen. We have uh, some small group leaders that will be up here to pray with you. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if that, this understanding of mercy and who God is, this, to save you from eternal damnation and separation from Him, today is a day of salvation. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is love. And he wants a relationship with you. If that's you, just come down here this morning as we close. There'll be people who can pray with you up here. And they'll pray with you for anything else. If you've got a physical need in your body, an issue in any kind, they will pray with you and be in agreement with you. So listen, I just want to read this benediction out of Ephesians 3, verse 20 as we close. Just kind of close your eyes and just receive because it's all about him, church. <clears throat> it's not about us. It's all about him. Now to him who is able, to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen?
Amen. All right, we love you guys. You are dismissed. Mother's Day next week, next Sunday. So don't forget, get the card in the mail. Get it off to your moms. If you got little kids, work on the gifts for your moms. Do all those things. Okay, love you guys.